0: I kind of can't believe it some days, but we are creeping up on episode 100 of the School District Podcast. We started this, I started this last year in 2020 on December 4th. Mandy Ellis was my first guest, an amazing principal and friend of mine in Illinois, and I've just had so many amazing conversations with people over the last year. And obviously, I've done more than one episode a week. Most podcasts are a weekly podcast. I've done two, three. I've done like seven in seven days. I'm just trying to get conversations and ideas out there to people. So thank you for listening. Also, while I have you on the intro, if you or your district or your EdTech conference or your county or Ed service unit is looking for a speaker. I've been booking tons and tons of speaking for 2022. I have like four, three or four state principal conferences lined up early in the year. I'm already booking August 2022 convocations back to school. My availability is wide open. So hit me up, go to my website, MrAdamWelcome.com. I have a new speaking video from a conference in Ohio just this last summer. If you want to take a look, I have some other videos there. You can contact me directly through my website or just email me, adamwelcome at gmail.com. I pride myself on getting back to people that reach out usually within 30 minutes, always within the hour. So we can talk about your district, your organization, your event, and then just provide the best possible professional development. That is just packed with relevant ideas, motivation, inspiration. people are gonna laugh. they're gonna get they're gonna get reinvigorated if they're needing some reinvigoration. And uh, we're just gonna bring everybody together. Last week, I was on a run, and I had this thought. And before we get to my guest, I just want to read you the tweet that I wrote out. You know how to do what you want to do. Start taking those steps. You have it inside of you and you deserve it. And I just wanted to add that to the intro because I talked to so many hundreds and even at times thousands of educators and people across the country that just don't know where to start or how to kind of get there and how to kind of make things happen. And they wanna maybe not make enemies. And it's not about that. It's about doing what's right for for educators, for teachers, for kids, for, for colleagues, for the community. I think more often than not, people know what they need to do. You know how to do what you want to do. And I think in that simplest form, I think it's a really important thought. So I wanted to share that. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited. I got my buddy, Ron Barry, Dr. Ron Barry. Go ahead, do yourself a favor. Follow him on Twitter, Sup, S-U-P-T, Barry with an A, 440. That is his district where he's a superintendent in Kansas. I'm also going to link it in the show notes. Ron and I talk about having him come on every month or two months. And uh, I really think I want to do that because Ron and I, we've known each other for a number of years now. We've only hung out once, maybe twice in person. Ron, I don't remember, but at least once, maybe twice, but we talk on the phone all the time. We text. He's just an awesome human being awesome educator he's he's down like i think 15 or 20 pounds uh he started running and eating healthy with his with his family he's got three kids he's just uh just an awesome guy leading a more rural school in kansas so i hope you like the episode follow ron soupberry 440. thanks for listening share this with other superintendents principals teachers educators Whoever you got, we kind of talk about a whole host of different topics in education in life. I hope you enjoy. Ron Berry, superintendent. Ron Berry, welcome to the show, my friend. So.
1: Thanks, Adam. Thanks. So,
0: yeah, I love having guests like you on because I have guests that I don't know that I just find on social media or people that recommend other people. I actually just put out a tweet. Hey, I want to um, interview an instructional coach on the podcast. And I had over like 350 responses, which was so great. I actually quote tweeted that tweet telling people, if you're looking for an instructional coach to follow, look at this thread. But you and I are in a different different standpoint. We're friends. I mean, we've I've done work with your school district. We text on a regular basis. We'll hop on the phone. Every few months, just to check in. So this this kind of exchange is a little bit different, right? Because you know we know each other, um, and this podcast came about. I've been wanting to have you on the show, and it just timing hadn't worked. But we were texting the other day. I think I texted you, "Hey, what's up?" Or you texted me, and then you said, "Hey, Adam, you know you know that I, I travel a lot and work with a lot of school districts." Your text basically was like, basically based on what you see and hear around the country, what do you think is the biggest hurdle? right now for schools, teachers, and admins. And I take that question from a couple different standpoints. One, from my job as a father, I have two kids in elementary school, Two, my work as a speaker and professional development. I do work with a lot of schools all around the country. And then the third, I just finished up a three-week sub-principal job at a local elementary school. They haven't had a Full-time principal all year, they haven't been able to find one. Hey, there's a teacher shortage. There's also a principal shortage. So I stepped in for a few weeks. So I have that lens as well. too So um, I went back, I think, with like a pretty simple response. And you went back with like three paragraphs. And that's when I was like, hey, dude, like come on the podcast. Let's talk about this. And you said, let's go. So <laughs> Before we even kick that off, I want people to know who you are. So for the people out there that don't know who Ron Barry is, introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, what you do, just kind of give us give us the background.
1: Yeah, so uh, Ron Barry, proud superintendent of USD 440, Sub Bentley Schools. We're a small rural district, about you know, 835 kids, uh, just north of Wichita in Kansas. So you get that, that small town values. Um, connections with people, you know, everybody's parents type situation, but yet we're 30 minutes from anything we need in the city. Uh, So it's the best of both worlds. And we talk about here, like, hey, how do we make a small town feel, but a big school district opportunities? Um, Prior to that, I was in uh, districts that are in the suburban Wichita, Kansas City metro area uh, as a teacher, administrator, coach, athletic director, assistant principal. uh, But we kind of ended up here. My wife's from here, you know, so that brought us closer to home. My in-laws, live a block away. My kids come and see me at the end of the day of school. I know you got two young kids. I've got three. Um, they say hi to me and they say, Hey, we're out. We're going to go jump in the pool at grandma's house, you know? And so it's, it's just a good place. It's a good place for my family and uh, just trying to do big things and, and provide great opportunities for our kids.
0: Does your mother-in-law bring you lunch at work? I mean, does she do that? If not, I mean, that would be awesome. I brought you, I brought you a sandwich, Ron.
1: She, she does amazing things. She, the first day, the first day of school, <laughs> She bought every teacher in our district, uh, like a flower and a little vase uh, from our local flower rep, and and just said thank you for all they they do. And so, yeah, she she's always like surprising me with the stuff she does. She's an amazing woman. I love so. it.
0: I love it. So you have eight hundred and thirty five ADA. The school where I was just principal, K five, had eight hundred students, twenty five languages. It was it was a really cool place. Um, but I've worked with a lot of like these small rural, more rural school districts. Hey, while you're listening right now, take out your phone and go to Twitter and make sure you follow Ron. It's at soup, S-U-P-T, Barry with an A, B-A-R-R-Y. And then 440, that's, um, that's a district where Ron's superintendent. And I'll tell you again, just from personal experience, Ron is just an amazing human being. If you want to connect with a visionary leader that just knows what education should look like and is working his butt off to get there because we know it takes time we know it takes the right people uh ron is just somebody amazing to connect with so make sure you follow ron on twitter suitberry 440 i'm going to put it in the show notes as well too so if you're driving don't do it while you're driving but do it when you stop or check out the show notes so i want people to hear what you texted me and then we're just going to have a, we're we're going to have a conversation a lot of times on the podcast, I have these questions and I have it kind of mapped out. But again, you and I, we know each other. I think we're just going to, it's like kind of like we're in my backyard, having a cup of coffee, talking about education. What do you feel based on the year? What are the biggest hurdles just for education broadly right now? And let's just, let's just kick it off with that.
1: Yeah. So we're like in a weird time right now too. Um, and I'll share with a group of superintendents across the state uh, earlier today. Like this is my third year as superintendent. And so my first year was I was finishing up my doctorate, got done that, got that done in December, and then three months later, like everything shuts down, right? And so we were going crazy just trying to figure that out. The next year for us, uh, we were we were lucky enough to be kind of in person and hybrid, uh, with some synchronous learning going on for those who chose to 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 you know be at home during the COVID piece, uh, where I know a lot of schools, especially probably where you're at, that you guys were at home the entire year, right? And so now we're in that third year, where we're all back and it kind of feels like normal, but it's not at the same time, you know, because we are here and 97, 98% of our kids are, are in, in person and, and back in, in the school. And, um, you know, so so what challenges or hurdles are we really facing uh, as a district and, and and as an educational system across the country, really? Because I think a lot of us are, are feeling the same pressures. And uh, what I said when, when you kind of flipped it back at me, right? Um, you know, I think our weaknesses, whatever they were, have been magnified uh, from the pandemic, you know, and so I think those first year and a half, like, we were just on, like, crazy, we just got to figure out what we got to do, plug and play, plug and play. I mean, we transitioned our district one-to-one in a year in the middle of a pandemic, like, and did it really effectively, and, and our t- our teachers killed it, and they did a great job, but, like, holy cow, that's a huge undertaking. And sometimes it takes three years before you really implement that process right. Um, And so now we're all able to breathe, but then we've got second graders who've never had a traditional school year. And so, you know, we're seeing 70% tier two and tier three in our RTI, we call it MTSS in Kansas, but RTI for the rest of the world, uh, or for the rest of the country. Um, You know, we're seeing culture issues that maybe that weren't really identifiable, but like you're feeling it because of pressures of teachers. Like you talk about and teachers deserve it. Like what are these things that teachers need and what do we need to focus as leaders to make sure that that they can do what they need to do in their space? Um, and so, you know, SEL is obviously a big thing and suicide rates and, and whatnot. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know, I just, I just feel like whatever your weaknesses, and it could be different for the district, it could be different for each mm-hmm. building, it could be different for each teacher, every student, whatever it is, it's just become magnified. It's and now magnified. We're, left with, mm. we're like, what do we do? Right? And how do we do it? But at the same time, I think that and I don't know if you see this or, or hear from from the teachers that you talk to, like, they're struggling. Mm.
0: They're struggling. Yeah, it's interesting, because what I wrote, so I'm just gonna tell everybody what I wrote to you, I said, I think schools and districts are just trying to do too much. And I think it's always been a big problem from my perspective. And I think it's even worse now to use your, your word. It's magnified. And I'll just give you an example where my kids go to school. I feel like they, I feel like they transitioned to distance learning very, very good, very well. And I feel like where my kids go to school, they haven't been trying to do too much there. They chose three to five big things pre COVID to do. And they're like, we're going to do them really well. It's the reason why we bought a house where we bought a house, the district the school where I just was a sub principal, oh my gosh. And I actually worked in this district previously as a director, I had meet. I was there for three weeks and I was on meetings of like learning acceleration and all these different things and, and, um, and doing walks with other principals. And my lens was a little bit different because I thought I was just there to make sure everybody had lunch, everybody was greeted. I mean, I, made, I got to know so many kids and making sure teachers were supported. I and mean, that's just how I roll anyway. Uh, Side note, that's what principals should do anyways. The paperwork can wait. If you don't do the paperwork, actually, that's okay. Delegate it to somebody else. And if you just don't do it, just tell your boss, you know what, this is what I was focusing on. And I think they're going to understand because even pre pandemic 10 years ago, I would do that because that's where schools make their money. But I was just saying, how are we doing this, all these other new trainings, we're doing reading training on this Monday and blah, blah, blah. And Oh, my God, magnification of trying to do too much. When there are kids in this school from all over the world, we had refugees from Afghanistan that were literally on those planes that we saw on MSNBC and CNN and Fox or whatever. Now at that school, and they have only been there for a few days, can they handle all those things? No. But I think more importantly, can teachers handle all those things? No way. No way, no way, no way. So talk about a magnification of trying to do too many things. And that's what I've seen for years and years and years is school districts just trying to do too many things. And it's that urge of, well, but this is really good. And they had a really good sales pitch. And maybe you have a couple of board members that want you to do it. So, okay, let's try it. Even though you know people listening, you know you shouldn't do it. You know you're doing too many things. You gotta have discipline. You gotta follow, have, have systems. You gotta have a visual of three to five big rocks. And those are the things that you're focusing on. And yes, there's other parts in that, and that to me is just the biggest challenge right now and again i look at my kids school and i'm sure teachers have a different level of stress but not like a lot of other places that i work with where i have worked as a substitute principal because they're not trying to do too many things they're doing what they know is best and i've been trying to come up with a better term than back to basics i don't think that's the right term because that just sounds like 1960 i don't want to just you know The three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic, which I never understood because arithmetic starts with an A. I don't understand the three R's, but really something back to the core best practices. And in order to get there, Ron, I think that we need to have really honest conversations with ourselves and our teams and our school districts and our communities of getting rid of things that just have zero impact on instruction and on SEL. The last thing I'm going to say for a minute, and then I want you to, I want to hear what you say. I was thinking of the analogy of wallpaper. Now wallpaper is not really our generation. That's more of our parents' generation. Right. But when people, our parents would get wallpaper, they'd put it on and then your mom wouldn't like it two years later. So then your dad would put another piece of wallpaper on over the old wallpaper because wallpaper is really hard to take off. And then it will be layers and layers and layers. And then soon enough, you forgot how many layers you had. And then somebody else buys your house and you're like, I don't want wallpaper. So they're taking off like 12 layers of wallpaper from the last 20 years. I think that's a decent analogy for what's happening, what has happened and happening in schools. We've just layered on so many different programs and apps and licenses and things and trainings and PD. And we had a new superintendent every three years for the last 15 years and new principals and nobody recognizes it. And I think I would like to take everything out and honestly start from scratch, like take everything out and. Repaint the wall, and make sure it's the right color for that wall. Um, that's my analogy. What are you thinking right now?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're onto something too. I think we have to be reflective enough to know, like, what, what are those wallpapers and where are they at, and 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 what do we need to strip from it, um, and what color do we want to put on? I, I, I agree. I think you just have to know when to stop too, like say, okay, enough is enough. Let's pause. Right. So we had a PD day uh, about a month ago and kind of we're going to do some of the same mistakes. Right. We were going to throw on uh, you know, talk about foundations because, you know, our, our reading scores are bad. And we we're going to we're going to talk about tech integration and we're going to do all these different things. And you have like as a leader, it doesn't matter if you're a building leader or a superintendent, or, uh, a curriculum leader, whatever. Like you've got to be able to to do the dipstick test. Like you've got to be able to tell the temperature of your people right because you're only as good as the people you work with like that that's it like if they're able to jump in and see your vision and and, and dive in with you that's great but if, if they're not then you're not going to go anywhere and so we kind of did that we took the temperature we realized man our people need something different and so like we put lawn yard games out on the front lawn like and we tied in some tech integration stuff that they really didn't know what it was but kind of did and and had them grouped together with people that they've never been with before. Like, so they are away from their like typical people that would bring them down or, or lift them up, you know, they, they need to interact with others. And so I had a high school teacher and an elementary teacher and a, a building principal and a specialist all working together. And then by the end of the day, they're creating staff shout outs on their, on their iPads. And now we put out a staff shout out every single day, a different one from a teacher about another teacher celebrating what, what uh, accomplishment they have. Uh, in the classroom, something good about a student and then something that they've learned and applied this year. And every day that message comes out. And you know what happened the first one we put out? People are like, oh, I love her. She's the best. She was the best teacher ever. I remember her when I was 25 years ago, blah, blah, blah. Like, so if you're a teacher who's stressed to the max, who's, who's not really worried about the next color of wallpaper, but you get that affirmation, that's impactful. You know what I mean? Like that PD day is better than anything we could have done about foundations, about uh, you know any math curriculum that we're adopting,
0: because you uh, would have yeah. done the foundations or math stuff, but it would have it probably would have went in one ear and out the other because people are thinking about so many other things that they have to do,
1: and if, if, if your cups full, if your cup's full, right? Yeah, pour more water into it. That water's just spilling out.
0: A hundred percent hundred percent. You're going to drown. I mean, like education is in the ICU right now. We're, we're on a ventilator and like, you know, we need, need we got to get healthy again. We got to go outside and come to Kansas and play long games. Oh my God. Did you play lawn darts? I remember lawn darts and then they outlawed it because people got hurt. Do you remember do you remember
1: that game? Oh yeah. You
0: stay, you stand as close as you can to the circle. and until <laughs> the,
1: the last minute right now. That was no, so we didn't do that one.
0: You know, what do you think about this? I've done, I remember the first time I was on a hiring panel it was a new district and they, they made us force rank the the candidates and I didn't like it because I wanted to have the, I wanted to have the flexibility to kind of like, well, I like them, but I'm not sure. But the HR director made us force rank. And after that panel, I loved force ranking because it forces you to rank it, but people don't like it because they want to be able to flow. And I'm not sure, but I think, maybe this is an activity that that school districts or schools should do is just force rank all your programs, you know, and like, okay, we're going to choose 10 things, whatever it is, and we're going to force rank and you have conversations about them. And you spend half a day or a day. Um, maybe you get somebody else to kind of facilitate the conversation because people have a really emotional about well, I love that program. I've been doing that for 20 years and 440. Oh, my God, we can't get rid of that. Because somebody's grandma brought that 50 years ago, whatever it is. But you force rank. And at the end of the day, you add up those force rankings. and hey. Based on force ranking, you were forced to rank. You can't just love everything because if you love everything, then you're going to do everything with mediocrity and not 10 things with fidelity or three to five or whatever the heck we decide. So I started off hating force ranking and I haven't seen force ranking that much, but I, I love it from that standpoint. What do you think about that? I mean, have you done any exercises like that? And you're in your third year as a superintendent. So You've never had a, a real year, have you? Oh no, you had one year as a without, right?
1: No, like half a semester.
0: Half a semester. So even you, right? I mean, second graders have never had a normal year, which part of me thinks is actually okay because our world is changing. So kids get used to it. I know it's unsettling, but what do you think about that forcing people to really choose? Because if not, then we're just gonna love everything.
1: Yeah. So we we have a we have a uh initiative here in the state of Kansas called redesign. And so we were trying to redesign our schools, right? And so we went through that process um, and we, uh, we made some changes. we got like this flex mod schedule, which is craziness. There's like 24, 20 minute modules. And um, we, you know, we added uh, more STEM activities in K through eight um, and, and project-based learning and all this different stuff. Well, uh, our principals at the beginning of the year really spent a lot of time on looking at those initiatives like, and so it wasn't really necessarily forced rank, but they have like real conversations about them. Like what at the high school, like, what is, what is the purpose of flex mod? Right. And when kids, when should kids be, or what should they be doing when they, when they have that flex period and how do we evaluate it? Like, because some of those systems weren't really set up um, with, with, with not necessarily fidelity, but as clean as possible because we were in the middle of pandemic when we were trying to implement some of it, right? And, and he created ad hoc committees, which was cool at the high school. Like he said, okay, then here's what we're gonna do. Based upon the feedback you gave me, you group of five are gonna talk about this and you're gonna hash it out and you're gonna report back to our, our staff on why. You know, what is the why? And is this really something that we need to do? And if, if not, then let's trash it, let's move. Let's get, get rid of it, right? But I think the teachers have to have some of that say. Like, it's easy for us to, like, as superintendent, like, yeah, like, I can pull things anytime I want, really, you know, the board can pull things anytime they want, the principal, but if you don't have that buy-in, if you at least don't have that conversation, though, like, you can rank them, that was your, that your deal was, like, rank them, like, that's the conversation, it's the forced piece to be able to have real conversation about the why in this, these processes, or these people, or whatever, Um, but if you don't have those conversations, man, it's, it it doesn't matter, right? Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, a side note, I'm actually working on getting Commissioner Watson on the podcast. I've been emailing with his his assistant cuz I want to talk about the Kansas redesign cuz our good mutual friend Kelly McCall, she set me up with with the commissioner. He's awesome. We've been we've been chatting. But companies force rank. You know, my brother used to be in charge of Barbie for the world. And they can't make 150 kind of, different kind of Barbies. They have to choose Fifteen that sell the most because if they make a hundred, there's going to be so much loss in in the other you know seventy and eighty five Barbies that kind of sell okay. But I think it's a mindset and a mentality that has not been in education. We just try to do it all, and do we even know? And you can't use data and measure everything. We don't really know the output and the growth on everything because we're trying to do so many things and. That's where that whole like back to basics and I need to work on a better term because I don't like that term, but people I think understand what I'm saying where we just do less and we do it better with more fidelity and another analogy I think you have probably heard me talk about is like, like the 10,000 square foot house and if you have a 10,000 square foot house, you're just going to fill it with so many things, but if you have a tiny house or a little Airstream trailer that you that you live in with your family and I got two kids and you got three kids and that would be hard but you tell them all right kids you can only bring and tell your wife what is most important they can't bring everything they can't bring all 30 legos my son's going to bring one lego and cuz that's what mo- that's what's most important and i think that's such an important conversation to have all the time but i think to go back to our original text back and forth ron is especially right now because we're doing things that now that we're back in person that we were doing before that may not have impact. And furthermore, the world has changed. I mean, we have a new economy with new jobs. There's people that are living in Halstead, Kansas, that are working for companies in California. And that couldn't have happened before the pandemic, because a lot of companies didn't realize that you could have these remote workers and work from wherever you want. And got, how, what are we doing in our classrooms? What has changed? Or did we just go, quote, unquote, back to normal?
1: The, the, the pandemic has redefined what education is, mm-hmm. and how we do it. Like, it, it, it really has, you know, I think of like the SAMR model, right? of of technology integration right and you want to you strive to get to that r the redefinition like we've done it like zoom like this like even just you and me like being able to have this podcast our kids are doing that our kids were doing it last year they were creating a podcast with a banker you know what i mean like how cool is that like it was inconceivable before we didn't have the technology to do it before like everyone's different and where they're at but 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 we have to change like it's too easy to fall back to what we've always done right Because going back to our conversation, though, you're going to get not necessarily what what you've always gotten, because I don't think we really knew what we had. You're going to get what you're finding out what you've always gotten, right, because it's been magnified, it's been intensified. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so so somehow, some way, like I agree, I agree. We got to strip it down. And then and then we got to focus on those things that are really going to make the greatest impact on our kids and take off the wallpaper, take off the wallpaper, people. and I get it, like, you know, your, your state levels putting more and more on you, right? And your, your superintendent's dropping down more and more on you as principals and your principals are putting more on you as teachers. But at some point in time, like we've got to say enough is enough and we got to back off a little bit, right? We got to back off a little bit and we've got to create systems and structures to allow us to focus on the things that we need to focus, right?
0: Yeah. Side note, every school district, every school should have their own podcast. I'm actually working on a blog post about just how to start a podcast and why you people listening should have a podcast because it's absolutely amazing. People are listening. It's just a great way to connect with your your community. Ron, I want to start like a monthly episode with you because I love talking to you my friend we are on the same wavelength enough but also have enough differences where there's going to be like not friction but just not like yeah yeah what you said no what you said like I, you think similarly to me but differently so um let's talk we'll text offline to see if we can do this once a month if you have time and just like you know the adam welcome podcast with ron berry and we'll just talk about what's going on i think it's a uh, I i think it's important because you know, superintendents, it's uh, it's a tough job right now. And the turnover is really hard. And I think your voice out there to people is going to help superintendents, you know, future superintendents, um, and just how to think about these organizations uh, in a different way. Before we close out this episode, Ron, what else would you like to say to everybody that listens to this podcast?
1: No, I just listen. I, I appreciate the opportunity, and I think like reach out to people like that's the biggest thing. I think right now too, like it is a lonely island being a superintendent. It's a lonely island being a principal at times. It depends, you know, where you're at and and how big your district is. But, um, you know, you, you've got to be able to connect with people. And there was a time like Twitter, like me, I like I had to get away from it. Right, it was crazy. It was toxic. Whatever. And somehow I've got rid of the people that I need to get rid of and added the people that I needed to. And and not like. Not, not that I'm trying to get a singular focus, but more of the fact of the positivity and, and the people that are going to uplift me and help me grow. Because, and I know you talk about it all the time, Adam, and we all do as educators, like the more that you can connect and learn from each other, the better. And this is just an opportunity. Like you are in California, in the San Francisco area. I'm in a small town in Kansas. Like we had, we do, we have some similarities. But yet we have totally different experiences and we can each grow from one another. And and so just continue to reach out people and, and, and make an impact because this is what I'll tell you. I know you say kids deserve it. We got 13 years, man, 13 years. And if you're lucky enough to like have a pre-K program, maybe 15 years, 15 years to make an impact on these kids, that's it. And the days go by fast and 20% of it has already been taken. Mm. But if you have 15 years, 20% has been taken away from this pandemic. Like, don't screw up the last
0: 80%. Don't screw it up. Uh, enjoy every day. Dr. Ron Barry at Barry 440 It'll be linked in the show notes, my friend. It's always good to text with you. It's always good to vox with you. It's always good to phone call. It's even better to record a podcast episode with you. Everybody, thank you for listening. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. If you would feel inclined to leave a rating, write a review, share this episode with your friends or colleagues or your boss or whatever or start your own podcast because amplifying your voice and the voice of others is really important i hope that you have an absolutely amazing day